Hi, and welcome to our 14th installment of Teshuva, Return and Reboot, where we explore evidence-based strategies inspired by our tradition to return to our best selves and to renew our capacity to grow and change. I'm Michelle Sarnal, licensed psychologist, and it's truly my privilege to join you on this journey. Please reach out to me with any questions, comments, or feedback at sarna.michelle at gmail.com. Today, I wanted to talk about one of the core components of Teshuvah, which is a focus on our relationships. And these relationships are both Ben Adam Lamakom, our relationships with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with Hashem, and also Ben L'Chavero, between people. And at the core of relationships is really giving space for disagreement and conflict because disagreement, conflict, disappointment is a necessary recipe or part of any intimate connection because part of connecting with an other is the experience of an other and someone who is not us it's likely that they are going to experience the world, expect things, understand things in a different way that we do. And part of the natural process of a relationship is allowing for rupture or disconnection and also having a process for repair. Now, one of the things that is included in the Tfilot that we say on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur in the Vidoy Al-Khit, um, really reflects this, and that is, we um, pray for forgiveness for the sins that we have done through being obstinate or stubborn. Because it's very hard to repair ruptures and it's very easy to get stuck in our own perspectives, to villainize the other person, to victimize ourselves, and to really see the rupture as one that is severing a relationship and irreparable. When we recognize that all, that most disconnections, not all, but are worthy of repair and we are able to get out of a place of obstinacy or stubbornness, we are then able to really reconnect. And whether it's with HaKadosh Baruch Hu or whether it's with another person. Now, I wanted to turn um, our focus on a therapy that was developed actually by a married couple in to help with repairing relationships um, in the marital context. But actually, this approach has been applied to businesses and to other relationships as well. In fact, Forbes magazine had a write-up about how this can be helpful in a business context. But I want wanted to now think about it in the context of our relationship with other people. So this therapy form of therapy is called Imago Relationship Therapy. Um, again, it was co-developed by a married couple a few decades ago. And this the, at the cornerstone of this form of therapy is using techniques to repair a relationship where the each part of the couple learns to understand, validate, and empathize with the other person's perspective. So basically stepping out of our stubborn or obstinate perspective from limited by our own 
um, glance or set of facts or understanding and being able to really listen to and make space for the other person's perspective. So there's a few practical strategies that are part of this that we're going to talk about today. And those, the three strategies that are the cornerstone are mirroring and validating and then empathizing. So in the first step of intentional dialogue, when we mirror, we basically just listen completely and wholly to what the other person has to say um, and make sure to clarify that we completely understood what the speaker is saying. So we might repeat back to them until they have confirmed that we've indeed fully heard what they've shared. And when they're done speaking, we'll also ask, are you, are you finished? Is there more you'd like to share? During the second stage, which is the validation stage, the listener tries to not, not once they've repeated fully what the speaker has shared, then they try to summarize and express that they fully have understood the points that the speaker has raised. So the receiver also goes into validation, which we've spoken about before and is one of my favorite life skills where we, the receiver, the listener expresses to the speaker or the sender why what they shared makes sense given their experience, given who they are, given their background, given their set of conditions and variables. Even if the listener or receiver does not agree with the speaker or sender, they they make sure that the sender or speaker feels that they understand how it makes sense that they feel the way they do. The third step is to show empathy. And that is when you try to really appreciate that the speaker's experience from their point of view. Now, these three actions can be really effective at lowering defenses. I think a lot of times when we are the recipient or receiver of criticism or disappointment, it's easy to act, react with a kashut oref, with, a, um, with the hardening of, of our obstinacy and our stubbornness. And it could be really hard to break ourselves from being stuck in our own perspectives and putting on our own coat of defenses and armor and to really take a moment to understand where the other person is coming from. So engaging in these behaviors is not only helpful in helping the sender feel better and feel heard, but is also helpful for the receiver in breaking free from the stubbornness. I wanted to briefly share two experiences that I've had with mirroring where I've had the privilege of actually stepping in the place or position just for a moment, although not completely, of someone else's experience and how it helps shift my perspective. Um, And one was through the eyes of students and the second was directly. So the first example is that um, at NYU, a campus that my husband and I have been involved with for the past 
two decades, um, we had, there's a program that was initiated by students where Muslim and Jewish students on campus would actually switch garments and try to identify as the other for a day. And the Jewish students would wear a hijab and would dress outwardly Muslim, and they would go through their courses and through their student life at NYU for the day as if they were Muslim. And one of the most powerful experiences for our students and vice versa was experiencing what it felt like to really be in the place of a Muslim student. And this was, we've been, this, um, I, I guess, practice or event has been happening for a while, but particularly after 9-11, when there is a lot of anti-Muslim sentiment, it was a really powerful experience for the students engaged in Jewish life to really be able to mirror and experience fully what the Muslim students felt on a daily basis. The stares, the looks, the comments, and really being able to mirror, help them also reconnect to the students in the Muslim community in a really different way because it helped them to really break out of their perceptions of how Muslim students perceive them or all of the barriers between our two communities and to experience what it felt like for Muslim students to feel like the other in a very different way but similarly to how Jewish students, particularly observant ones, can often feel like an other. A second um, experience that I've had with mirroring, and again, this was an action, not not just in words, but um, we've had the opportunity through the organization Knock Knock Give a Stock that I discussed in another podcast that was started by one of our students to host Shabbat or Chag meals where there were um, people who are homeless that were invited as guests. And we are privileged to live in a university housing and we have a big lounge on our floor that we've used to host pre-corona. Really, you know, 100 and plus Shabbos guests and these experiences when we were able to host people who were homeless were very profound because the students that were used to being served and sitting to um, lovely Shabbos meals now were the ones who were serving the people who were homeless and decorating and setting up the tables and chairs and preparing and heating up the food and really serving the people who were homeless. And um, and welcoming them to a Shabbat experience, to a festive, fancy, not, well, fancy by university standards, meal. And being able to kind of sit in the other side and see how the people who were homeless, how new it was for them to feel invited and treated as guests with dignity and served really helped me, my children, and our students experience time and time again how privileged we are on a regular basis and how people who are vulnerable and don't have the same opportunities or access, how limited and sometimes non-existent are the experiences or opportunities where they are treated with dignity. 
Thank you for sharing and joining and listening and being part of this community. I hope you have a meaningful day.